coming to you live from BGM Pittsburgh. You're listening to the 3PL Premier League Podcast. Welcome everyone, I'm Mike, with me is Kev and Josh. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk about Liverpool over Sunderland, Chelsea over Spurs, Southampton over Everton, and all of the league action. But first, how was everyone Thanksgiving? Josh, what did you guys, what'd you guys do? Uh, so Thanksgiving has been a fun activity for us. Every year now, we've had, we don't go home, we stay in Pittsburgh. We're originally from Ohio, we, we don't go home, we stay in Pittsburgh, and we just have friends over. Like, whoever's not nice. going home, whoever doesn't have something going on, they come over. So this year we had, like, about, I think, eight people total, like, rotating in. Um, just lots of food, lots of fun, watching uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, oh. and football. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I... I almost enjoy i don't want to say i i like my family i'm just i was gonna agree with that mike it's like it's it's good to see family but i mean that sounds really nice and relaxing and just seeing friends you don't have to tiptoe around you know distant relatives that you haven't seen for a long time it's like so yeah it all started because like i used to work retail so like black friday like there's no way i could go home to ohio go to thanksgiving and then make it back in time to like work black friday or really you know the night before right so we just wouldn't go home and because of that we just started having friends over and it became a thing and became such a a fun thing to do now it's just like yeah let's let's keep on doing that that's like you know become a tradition it's cool yeah that's awesome kev you uh you were here until wednesday and then you drove back for thanksgiving itself but uh the big news is is you moved I did. Yeah, I'm like, in the new place now. It's been nuts. Uh, been a lot of moving. We, 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 we moved to, we were in the same apartment complex, but we moved to a different unit up on the third floor. So kind of carrying everything up three flights of stairs is a little rough. I'm realizing I'm <laughs> not nearly as fit as I thought I was. <laughs> just, my body is just completely sore. I got a little sick at the tail end of it. But uh but yeah, I think we we've settled in over the past couple of days, and um, just actually before we recorded this, uh, our neighbor like brought us over a little like goodie bag welcome gift. I was like, that's All yeah. Right. I was I was really happy about that. It, uh, it made me feel made me feel good. So, but yeah, everything's good now, and back to work tomorrow. I took the day off today just to kind of finish packing, uh, not not packing in, but kind of unpacking. Unpacking. And, uh, it's been good. You're still living in boxes, though, right? I mean, like, you can't be unpacked already. Well, I mean, yeah. No, there's still a lot of boxes, but I'd say 80 to 80, 85% of everything is kind of set up. I mean, it's been It seems been like for nice. me, yeah, it's like about a month of living in boxes for me after moving. <laughs> it's like yeah, about a month before I'm like, oh, yeah, everything has a place now. Josh, <laughs> Kevin, has like, Kevin has like two things. Like, he refuses okay. to get I mean, a that's couch. exaggeration. He but... just got... <laughs> Like, when they just got to their other place, they stopped sleeping on an air mattress. Like, not that he's poor. That's not it at all. Yeah. Kevin is just like, I don't like stuff. So he... Don't like stuff. Yeah, he takes the, the minimalist to the uh, next level. It's um, like a month alone for my wife's yarn. <laughs> Shout out to Liz, who did a great job on the last show. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to have to make her a, a recurring uh, guest and give her a spot on here. Mike, did um, you have a decent Thanksgiving? Yeah, um, it was good. We uh, we went over my uh, my brother in law's house and um, and just hung out. I mean, so I have three boys, uh, ages nine and younger. 
they have four kids ages 12 and younger uh two of their kids are basically one month apart from two of my kids so they almost act like brothers and sisters when they get together so you just get them together and they just like run and do their thing which for a while like when they were younger there was a lot of hovering but now that they're mm-hmm. like my my youngest is four we're just like just go like just go do whatever <laughs> and we can actually sit and socialize and have fun and so we're getting into that nice period where we're not really too concerned we know they're in the house they're doing their thing although the oldest their oldest son and my oldest son went out and uh were shooting uh the their bb gun uh into the backyard which they came and they were very tentatively like asking for permission and i was like all right go (laughs) just you know don't don't hurt yourself yeah i mean so (laughs) the day before or tuesday night uh we had went to go see a christmas story uh, that's very okay yes <laughs> yes we went to go see the musical um because uh our other brother um was actually the assistant choreographer for the show so uh that was good but uh no otherwise it was you know typical thanksgiving and like i said as the kids get older we stay out later um like it got to be about eight o'clock and we're like eh, you know we're starting to pack up and my brother and i was like oh, i'll sit down and watch five minutes of a Steeler game and next thing i know it was 10 o'clock and approaching halftime <laughs> like, all right <laughs> back it up uh kids fell asleep on the five minute car ride home but otherwise no it was it was good got to to watch some soccer over the weekend um not just you know epl there was some mls action that was on which i don't want to belittle mls but prior to (laughs) getting so into the epl i was sort of an mls advocate like no 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 look the league is growing the the quality of play is really good like it's really really good and then sat down uh on sunday and was watching a bit of the uh, Western Western Conference Final against, uh, or it was Colorado against uh, Seattle. And so many times I'm watching the game going, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, passes to nobody. The play is so slow. And um, That's yeah, something Jermaine, that I would actually love to talk about, like on, on another show or something. Of I, uh, My girlfriend's father helped us move in, and we were watching the Chelsea-Tottenham game. And he he's just starting to get into EPL, and he was he was asking me like, what makes a European player just so much better than an American player? And I was like, that's like, when you when you start to think about the why behind just the straight up comparison, it's an interesting question to think about. But but yeah, it is it is a different different league for sure. Yeah, but I mean, it's also kind of like a, a pretty high bar to set for a league to compare yeah. to. Oh it's yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, the league's not worth it unless it's EPL standards. Like that's that's a pretty yeah, high bar. No, definitely. I mean, well, no, and I, I, I'm not. Yeah, the MLS is, isn't not worth anything. I think I don't think yeah. that's what I'm saying, but yeah. I mean, although when they can't draw the lines on the field correctly, it does kind of make you wonder <laughs> the, whole, the whole damn thing. But yeah, other than that. Well, look, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying don't watch the MLS. I mean, we do another show where we watch the Riverhounds, who were one of the worst teams in the USL last year. So, like, <laughs> third division yeah, compared to first division in America. Yeah, soccer. exactly. So it's it's you support your local team, and I'm I'm happy that the MLS continues to grow and its standards continue to get raised. It's just nowhere near the European leagues. And Kev, I think mm-hmm. you're right. I think that would be a good discussion, maybe for one of the next international breaks, is talk about what really differentiates a really good soccer player in Europe versus a really good soccer player in America. Um, But that's for another show. For this one, let's dive into the games a little bit. First up on the docket is Liverpool versus Sunderland. 
Liverpool save it until late, but come away with a 2-0 win. Kev, you had a couple takeaways that you added here. Why don't uh, I'm, I'm just going to let you go first. Yeah, I mean, so this was actually the first time in a while I've actually got to sit and watch a Liverpool game from start to finish. The past couple of weeks have been a bit nuts, but I, the, the thing that I've been really impressed with with the uh, Sunderland game was just, I mean, we, we've talked about in the past how fluid Liverpool can be, especially their, like, front six where, you know, when Sturge said, like, I like to play in the center, and Klopp comes out and says, well, like, you kind of just play everywhere. Like, there's no center. And and we, we always kind of knew that, but even now looking kind of further back along the quote-unquote, like, back four or even back three, if you want to say Matt Tip, Henderson, and Lovren, I think a lot of the times you'll see teams set up in a certain static shape almost. So you almost get the instruction saying, okay, if you're a center back, like, you just sit on the 50-yard line. Like, that's that's what you do. When we have possession, you sit on the 50-yard line, and that's it. Whereas this, I mean, I was... Sunderland just kept giving us space and space and space, and Lovren and Matip just kept stepping up. I mean, it, it was crazy how high up the pitch they were. And there you, was, you it, would see... Go ahead. I would say, at one point, Lovren had a shot from 25 yards out. Like, he was that close to goal, and he just put it yeah. wide. I mean, it, it yeah. was it was nuts how, and that just kind of points to I think this larger thing that Klopp's kind of pushing them is, it, it's it's much more of a reactive team shape where it's never static. It's you you have to be an intelligent footballer. You see the space that's there and you just fill the space, and there's no point in being a center back that when when you're standing thirty yards away from your midfield, you know if 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 everyone's moving up, you just move up, move up with them, and I think Carius kind of allows them to do that a bit more as well. Um, but that was, that was really the biggest thing that I kind of, you know, after not being able to watch the team for 90 minutes in a while, I'm able to pick up the fine <coughs> details in between the highlights. And that was honestly the biggest thing that I, that, I, uh, that I took away from the game. I have a couple other ones, but I'll shut up for a bit and let you guys <laughs> fill in. <laughs> I, I mean, we, I think we have to talk about Coutinho. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just getting brought down early on. And, 34 uh, minutes or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just anyone getting, you know, stretchered off is never – a good thing to see, yeah. especially a, a key player like Atinho. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. I, I tweeted out, I was I was watching that part of the game live, and I said, that pretty much figures. I had switched out in my <laughs> in my fantasy Premier League team, I had switched out Aguero, and I had brought in Coutinho. Up to that point, Aguero had already had two goals, and Coutinho gets stretchered off in the 34th minute. <laughs> um, basically, Coutinho goes in, and was trying to kick a ball at the same time as Nadong, and basically it just seemed like his foot, I don't know if it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't strong enough, but it sort of looked like Nadong just followed through more, and the ball went his way, and Coutinho's ankle just looked like it flopped. Um, It looked really bad. Afterwards, uh, I was looking through some of the articles, and I guess Klopp said that they saw Coutinho at halftime, and he seemed like he was a lot better. Um, I think people were like, this is a season-ending injury. But, Kev, do you have anything else on this? Yeah, the news is he'll be out for around five to six weeks, and we shouldn't expect him until January. Um, Which, 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 yeah, I mean, it's... It's I'm going to eat four points in this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about your fantasy team, yeah. isn't it? Not, it doesn't even care about the player. Um, which, which is rough. I mean, like, he, yes, he has been, in my opinion, I think our best player over the course of the season. But I think it's just the reason why I'm not flipping out as much as I have been maybe in the past 
is, I mean, we've, we've been talking on the podcast about, like, how, like, people like Sturge can't even get in the lineup. I mean, this is the first time I feel like in a long time we're a bit deeper, where if a significant player goes down, we don't just have, like, an average player that can fill in. We have some really good players sitting on the bench. Now, the only problem is, I mean, for Kev, this game... Kev, you have Stevie G in the stands. Like, <laughs> come on. He wants Put to get back in, on coach. the field. Yeah, Put me just in. get him in. Oh, that'd be, that'd be tasty. Um, <laughs> he wouldn't make but, this team now. No, he would not make this team. But, I, mean, I know, it's just a symbol of him anyway. Anyway. Um, he's, he's, he's like the bat symbol. He's not he's not Batman at this point, but he's like the bat symbol. He just gives everyone hope. Um, but uh, but I mean, it, the only thing is, we don't want to get in a position where injuries are piling up too much. I mean, so even before a ball was kicked in this game, Lalana is still nursing an injury, so he wasn't in the squad. Sturridge came; he had a slight knock, so he wasn't in the in the squad either. And so now with Coutinho out for until January. One more big injury, and, and we could be in a sticky situation. But I think you know, Firmino picked up a calf injury late in the game and had to come out. But it, who knows how severe that's going to be? Right. I'm, I'm, I think that was more of a cramp kind of thing um, than anything. But uh, I hope so because that's both my. Players. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> yeah, for for uh, Liverpool that are on my fantasy team, just both of them. Just yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, it figures. I added them both, and I was like, you know what? I should really drop Milner this week. I should drop him and bring somebody else in. And Milner gets the PK at the end of the game. <laughs> yep. That figures. What do I know? I know nothing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Coutinho's replacement in this case was Origi, and he was the one who got the first goal. After all the chances that Liverpool had, his looked the most harmless, and I think it was because uh, Sunderland's team was expecting his shot to be a cross. Everyone was lining up, getting ready to play a header. Pick he just, it, yeah. yeah, he just put it towards the far post and it went in. It wasn't even that hard of a shot. No. Um, mm-hmm. But... Uh, but yeah, I thought that was that was a, a good play by him, and then uh, he, yeah, he, Mon- he, was, he was great all throughout the course. When he came on for Coutinho, yeah, around like thirty five minutes or whatever, I thought he was he was really positive in the sense of um, when he would get on the ball, he would kind of draw like two of their defenders to him, do a smart layoff, and just create space for other people. I think he was just kind of this recognized, more direct option that we we kind of were needing in this in a game like this and yeah i mean getting the goal he he put yeah he was a huge performance from him especially coming off the bench not being in the starting lineup a lot when you get that chance especially in a team that's playing as well as as this starting 11 is right now when you get your chance you need to take it and and that's what he did and i think it's going to be i don't know i would expect him to see him against uh leads in the uh cup game uh midweek here yeah the other goal, as I mentioned, came from a PK. Mane basically ran the entire length of the field before he was brought down in the box. At that point, the ball was far enough ahead of him that I'm thinking, there's no way he's getting a shot off anyway. Like it was like he was just gonna run straight out of bounds. And so why you take that that PK at that point and just take him down, it was a stupid mental error um, in the yeah. case of, of Sunderland. But uh, well, I mean that's again, it's a really good, steps up. It's a it's a good point in mentioning you said like mental error. I think when you know you see we've seen this with like barcelona five you know from the past five years when you have when you're playing against a team that has tons of possession and that cycles the ball around intelligently i mean defending against that not only that's physically taxing but it's mentally taxing i mean you see a lot of these kind of great teams um in the past where they'll get 
goals in the last five to ten minutes, and it's because the other defensive team just starts. You, you can't be switched on for that long. I mean, not only physically but mentally. It's just you just start. You can't you can't catch runs when when you used to be, be able to and all that kind of stuff. So, I think it's that that's something that I've been kind of looking for at Liverpool to capitalize on maybe late goals as as other teams start to kind of switch off and. It was kind of good to, to see that with, with this game as well. Yeah. You uh, you mentioned here in your notes, Chan in the midfield. Um, did you like what you saw or not yeah. like what you saw? Because I was sort of leaning towards the not like what I've seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's I, – I agree. He, he was where I think if you put Lalana and maybe Wijnaldum in the midfield – I think then with your kind of standard Coutinho, Firmino, uh, Mane, all that kind of stuff, that entire setup is very much a team. They they know where the other player is and blah, blah, blah. Chan almost looked like an individual player in amongst 10 other teammates that really knew, knew each other pretty well. I don't know if that's something where Chan just needs a bit more time in the starting 11, in which case he'll maybe fit into this big machine a bit smoother. Or if that's just his personality, it's probably a bit of both, to be honest with you. I think Chan is a bit of a, um, I don't want to say like he thinks of himself as this kind of rock star player where he can kind of make something out of nothing, because I, I think he can do that sometimes. But I think too often he's just trying to take the game on his shoulders too much, and, uh, and I think that was the case this game as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, there, I was actually going to put in the agenda that from what I saw, there was a number of shots that he took that could have been plays off to somebody else that went wide. Um, it, it feels almost like Mane was for stretches earlier this season where he was just forcing it. Um, and Mane, yeah, you know, found point. his groove and, and, and found his way back into the squad, and now nobody questions that anymore. But... Um, maybe I, th- I think you're right. I think it's a it's a case of time because really he's stepping in in place of Lalana. Yeah. Give or give or take yeah. in that whole fluid whatever it is that Liverpool's doing. So yeah, he's trying to find his spot. We'll see how it plays out. Was there have you is there any word on when Lalana may be back in? I can't imagine it's too long now. I mean because I think when he originally went out, I, I was half expecting him to kind of maybe even appear on the bench in the very next game but now this is two games out where he hasn't even been on the bench so i i i would expect him i mean maybe maybe the leeds game tomorrow um we're recording on monday uh, the the league cup game tomorrow might be a good chance for him to get some minutes in but uh but i haven't heard anything definitive on him but i wouldn't i wouldn't expect it to be too much longer i was just checking on uh the, not that I was transferring out Coutinho in my fantasy yeah. team while you were talking, um, but it looks like they still haven't had a 25% chance of playing, uh, so that's not good. Yeah, that's, uh, no, I, yeah that's, that's news to me. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess any other takeaways from this game, Kev? Yeah, one, one more big point I kind of wanted to point out. I'm so... If you if you hung around and watched, I think it was around the 65th minute or so, Klopp just starts going nuts. And apparently, I mean, so he's kind of pumping up the crowd. From from what you can ca- catch on, like, kind of standard coverage, <clears throat> he's just kind of pumping up the crowd, and the crowd's starting to react, and the crowd gets a bit noisier and all, all that kind of stuff. Apparently what was happening was a certain section of the stadium was just a bit negative towards supporting the fans. Where I, I, it comes right after Henderson 
tries to feed this kind of zipped-in ball, and I think it's either Klein or, or Mane who's making this diagonal run, and Henderson just puts a too much, a bit too much on it, and it, you know, and it goes out of bounds for a goal kick, and apparently someone in the stands starts like being very negative towards Henderson. Apparently Klopp hears this and just flips out on the stand, saying like, "Stop <laughs> being negative," and he just, and you could see in his face he's angry. He's not like. He's not like, yay, rah, rah, let's passion up and get everyone wild. He's angry, and he's yelling at the stand saying, stop being negative. And it was great. It was like, it was the fact, <laughs> like, I've never, ever seen a manager do that. And, I, I mean, I, I haven't been, I haven't watched, you know, there are a lot of people that have watched a lot more football matches than me, but I've never seen a, a manager mid-game have a go at the fans like that. And it, and it, like, worked. And, like, people kind of got behind him. And they're like, yeah, we, we need to stop. A lot of other fans are on the same. Yeah, we need to stop being negative. It was almost like, look, if you guys do your bit, I'll make sure these guys do the bit on the pitch. And we'll all work together. And it's great. And blah, blah, blah. And so it was just, I, would, I was like, that was great. I mean, it's just further cements. <laughs> we wouldn't want any other manager in the world right now. Klopp is absolutely perfect for Liverpool. And, and I think he'd be hard-pressed to find a Liverpool fan that doesn't like Klopp right now. There, this makes me think of during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. They had uh, it was like a collective marching band from kids from all sorts of different high schools all over the place, and uh, the the um, the band leader or I forget what like the drum major, a guy with a baton, was this eleven year old kid. And he's out there, like, just breaking it down. Like, not even just, like, he's just breaking it down. And that's what I think of Klopp. Like, he's sort of leading the team, but at the same time with the fans, he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I picture. Like, can you imagine somebody like Mourinho, like, turning around and yelling at the fans? They would just yell at him yeah, more. Like, Klopp is just sort of that guy in the middle that yeah. everybody A lot loves. of backwards and... peace signs going towards yeah, him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So and, yeah, and now he, now we just we need some photoshops of Klopp with a drum major <laughs> hat and uh, and a baton. He 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 knows when to do it too. I mean, if you if you do that after you've lost three in a row, and I mean, not the time to do it. I mean, we're we're a point off the top of the table. You know, we're playing decently well. He know okay, this is the time to do that, and he yeah you know, he gets away with it in that in that respect. But uh, but yeah, no, it's just good to see. So, the other good thing, this was Liverpool's second clean sheet in a row, which, Kev, you took a gasp like you wanted to cement that. Well, no, it wasn't even that. I did want to point that out. There was like, clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheet. <laughs> we got two in a row now. Um, the other thing is, I, I just do want to make, like, you know, I'm not like 100% sure that whole like Klopp yelling, stop being negative thing. I'm not 100 like, I haven't seen any like official reports on that. I've just, I've heard from people that like went to the match on other podcasts and other stuff that that's what happened. So, it's, I don't want to say it's speculation because it's a little more hard evidence than that. But hearsay. I, yeah. Just want to point that yeah. out there. Yeah. Thanks, Kev, for spreading rumors on this show. <laughs> yeah. Wise and rumors. Dropping great. our credibility. The best. <laughs> Building up the urban legend of Klopp. Uh, <sighs> remember, if someone photoshopped Klopp with Jets, <laughs> <that's right. laughs> so, so next week, Liverpool travel to Bournemouth, while Sunderland will head home to take on Leicester. Next game we got here is Chelsea versus Spurs. So, you know, this was two of the top teams in the league going head-to-head. And unfortunately, it was a great run, but Spurs finally lose their first match of the season 2-1 to to who is now still the top team in the league. Um, in terms of takeaways, 
you know, as a, I'm going to throw in air quotes here, Spurs fan, because I feel like I haven't <laughs> actually earned that yet, just because it's been... Says the guy wearing the Spurs jersey. Says the guy okay, wearing yeah. the Spurs yeah, okay. jersey. Yeah. It was cold. I threw it on. <laughs> anyway, um, I feel like if there was a team to lose to, this was the game that I was most worried about. Um, you know, the fact that it was it was a 2-1 to one loss, I think, is a bit surprising, especially how the goals were scored. They really sort of came off of nothing um in a lot of ways uh, especially with spurs going up they they got the first goal and really just dominated the entire first half until pedro scored a minute before halftime um you know after the match pochettino said you know if we analyze the whole game i think we deserve more that's football it's difficult to explain you're better and yet you lose two to one it's about score it's about scoring or not scoring goals we feel proud about the performance and the players it was a good performance um but at the same time, it's been 26 years since the Spurs won at Stamford Bridge, <laughs> yeah. so I, it's tempered expectations. You know, the Chelsea stays at one, Spurs stay at uh, five. Um, not a whole lot to feel, I guess, in terms of this. I was glad. I was <laughs> I, glad. I mean, go ahead, Josh. If, if you're going to lose your first game of the season, it, at least it's to the top team in the league right now. Right. I mean, it, you know what I mean? It, so it's it's really hard to feel like, oh, man, they really blew it or anything like that. Because this was, you know, even though I do think a little bit like Spurs didn't look like they should have lost it, 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 it was still a game that if they're going to lose, this is the best way to lose. Because in that case, at least you're not losing to, like, you know, Watford or something like that in, <laughs> or Hall City. You know, I mean, like, it, it's not like embarrassing to lose to Chelsea yeah and this is actually Spurs second loss in a row they fell to Monaco two to one in Champions League play uh earlier uh, in the well, week yeah. right but but this now keeps them also out of progressing into the knock around of the Champions League which could be the best thing for them um we've talked about how you know Liverpool has benefited from not being in Champions League play and now you know uh Tottenham doesn't have to worry about the whole rotation thing they can get the team more solidified get Harry Kane more minutes um, get on that train, the Harry Kane train. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, and talking a little bit about Chelsea, I thought that Pedro's goal, it, it was soul-crushing for Spurs, but it completely changed the game. I mean, it was another great individual effort. We've talked about how Pedro has sort of played third fiddle to Hazard and Costa. Um, this was a case where he just took the ball, and you could tell there was no stopping him. He just did, like, one, two turns and just ripped it. <clears throat> And he continues to look good. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to him long term. There was some talk about, you know, William stepping in and taking his spot. And Conti came out after the game and just said, you can't. Like, he's just, he's playing too good at this point that William's on the bench. So I I think it's easy to forget that, you know, because of how poorly Chelsea did last season. I mean, this is essentially the same squad plus a couple other really good players that won the league, what was it, two years ago? I mean, so yeah. they're a very good group of players and that for whatever reason just didn't didn't kind of cut it last season. So, yeah, I mean, it's when you see them playing this well, Partly, you know, partly you're saying, okay, that's a bit of a shock because maybe you didn't predict it at the beginning of the season. But when you look at, you know, the names on the back of the jerseys, you're like, yeah, okay, like it's Pedro. He's done that in the past. Like so, you kind of you kind of see that happening. As as far as like how the game kind of played out, I remember when I saw, um, I, I I turned it on live at around 60 or 70th minute, 
and seeing it beaten 2-1, I was a bit surprised, just mainly because Chelsea and Tottenham, in, in my head, I have them as the two best defensive teams in the league right now, and so I was figuring maybe 1-0 or something, or, or even a 0-0. Um, yeah. But, uh, but when I kind of look at it in a broader context, over the course of 90 minutes, it almost seems like this was quote-unquote like kind of a, a perfect Chelsea performance in the sense of even when they're down I don't I wouldn't ever expect Chelsea to I wouldn't I wouldn't expect a team to have a big 20 minutes against Chelsea that put like three past them right I mean the a team might get one goal but Chelsea will do the whole bend not break kind of thing and they might look a bit on the ropes for a bit but you would never expect them to leak maybe two or three goals over the course of 30 minutes so yeah, yeah, Tottenham were on top, they got the goal, Chelsea were under a bit of pressure, but they showed a lot of resilience and just kind of bounced back with, with the Pedro goal and what, Victor Moses um, coming off the back post. And it was, yeah, I mean, you know, they kind of hit when they need to and then kind of kill the game and at, the, at the latter stages of the second half and, and they get the win. They're a completely different team than they were two months ago. I mean, it's easy to forget that there was some talk that Conte could be out early in the season because they weren't performing. But again, we talked about coming into the season that this was going to be the season of the managers, and Conte's a great manager. He, he said we got problems. He changed things around, identified the weaknesses, and moved on. And now, you know, Chelsea's at the point they've just won their seventh consecutive match. Um Eden Hazard told the Telegraph that he feels they're in a three-way race to the top with Liverpool and Man City, which you can't argue with that. And and Chelsea play Man City next week. Yeah, that gonna game's going to be massive. Game, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I really don't know what else to say about this game. I think, like I said, I think that Spurs uh, bending out of the Champions, is, Champions League is a good thing. Um, and... <coughs> Yeah, I, and, and I think th- see where they go from here. This this was a big game at how the top four is kind of getting shaked out because I think now you're starting to see Chelsea, Liverpool, City, and Arsenal kind of take another small step away from the rest of the pack. I mean, so you have you know, Chelsea down to Arsenal, thirty-one points to twenty-eight points, only separates one from four. And then you go down to fifth with Tottenham at 24 points. I mean, so they're starting to open up just the smallest gap in between everyone else. And and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be entirely shocked if maybe that gap slowly gets widened over the uh, up until, I guess, the new year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a two-game spread between Tottenham and Arsenal at this point. Um, but if you look at the table, which we can talk about later, that distance between five and even ten um, is just one game or six and ten is just one game. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff happening there in the middle of the table, uh, which will be interesting to watch as well. As I mentioned, this was Chelsea's seventh consecutive win, keeps them top of the table while the loss keeps Spurs at five with only one win in their last five games, which hurts. But next week, um, Spurs get Swansea, which. We're going to talk about Swansea, uh, while Chelsea will put their winning streak to the test, traveling to Man City, which is going to be huge. Um, so good stuff there. Next up, Josh Everton versus Southampton. 
And uh, man, yeah, f- was it 45 seconds in? Yeah, 45 seconds That's in. All it Southampton took. scores, and it, 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 from there on out, it was downhill. <laughs> the whole game just felt like it was just a brutal, brutal battle that we could not seem to get on top of. Yeah, against Southampton. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've talked about how Southampton is somewhat legit but like you said literally it was from the kickoff they were doing a lot of one two passes and Everton just couldn't catch up and then the goal just sort of I don't want to say it came out of nowhere but in a lot of ways it felt like it felt like Everton just hadn't turned on yet it was like oh Mm -hmm. oh that's right we're playing okay all right cool and Southampton just capitalized and that was it I mean 45 seconds in that was the only goal of the game um I thought that Southampton played well but yeah, you've talked about it in the past where like usually the first like 10, 15 minutes is kind of like each side feeling each other out, seeing how they're playing, and just kind of like getting warmed up. And that that just they warmed up faster. And I, I don't even know if it was warmed up faster. They just had an opportunity and they capitalized on it. And it seemed like Everton was still in that phase where they're just like we're we're trying to you know see how the ball's moving across the pitch and all that kind of stuff. Um, but one thing that did stick out to me was Josh Sims mm-hmm. for Southampton. Yeah. Like he was just pretty cool like it was <laughs> 19 even though year old obviously i'm not happy about it but he looked really good <laughs> yeah um he was he was involved in the first goal he basically just threw himself into the box flicked it to charlie austin who headed it home he had a few more chances over the course of the game i mean the kid has high energy was in the right place at the right time i was it 19 years old or something yeah he's 19 um so i'm wondering you know, obviously it's it's a long season, but it'll be interesting to see how long he's at Southampton if he's able to keep this up. They brought him up from their youth squad because he scored something like five goals in eight games for them there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he was all over the place. He had tons of confidence, and he was making stuff happen for them. So so kudos to them. Um, on the flip side, I feel bad, Josh, but uh, I uh, I had to move Lukaku 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 <laughs> out of my uh, out of my fantasy team. Um, not for his lack of skill, but for the fact that Everton just can't seem to get him the ball. Um, no, that's the thing. Like I just don't feel like he's linking up at all. And and Barkley, that's supposed to be the man for him, and it's just not happening. Um, and then you know, add on top of that, uh, velocity like seems like he's just kicking everything wide or over. It just can't seem to get a single ball on target and when they do it seems like to be extremely soft chances yeah um stucklenberger i mean he's still great in the back he even though you know let one in obviously he still saved a lot Mm -hmm. of really good potential goals from southampton and it's it's nice to see that aspect of it but yeah barkley i do think is one of the Biggest disappointments right now, <laughs> for me at least. Well, and like you said, it, I, I went back and looked at some of the stats. In this game, Ross Barkley completed two passes to Lukaku. Stecklenburg mm. had three <laughs> passes to Lukaku. So <laughs> we had talked a little bit about, you know, what does Everton need come the transfer window? And I really feel like they need to figure out, if, if Lukaku isn't like, peace, I'm out, um, they need to find some way to get him the ball and connect that midfield to the to him essentially because we've seen when he has the ball at his feet you never know what could happen um yeah and and it used to be a joke that he would always be offsides like you would always see him get the ball and he'd be offsides but at least when he was doing that it felt like he was almost there like it was always just like a hair offsides and you kind of felt like any any one of these could be just on sides and he could just make a bolt for it and get a goal 
you don't even feel that anymore. It's not even like we can make fun of him for being outside. He's just not getting the ball. <laughs> it's just he's non-existent in the game. And to his credit, I feel he should have been given a PK. There was a point where uh, Van Dyke clipped yeah. him just inside the top corner of the box. Didn't get any of the ball at all, but the ref said no call. So, I mean, that that could have been it right there where the game is now drawn and Everton could have hungered down. But If that was outside the box, he would have gotten it. No doubt in my mind, if he was not inside the box, that would have been a foul, n- easy call. But since it was inside the box, it's a little bit more, you know, kind of like, oh, we have to be sure. Well, and it was one of those <laughs> things, too, where he was, like, because of the positioning of it, he was literally running through the corner. So he was clipped in the corner and then sort of, like, fell into the box and rolled out again. And I think because mm-hmm. of its positioning, the ref sort of had that moment of hesitation, like, I, I don't know. Like, if I call this, yeah. it's a PK, but am I really sure that it was in the box? I don't know. I don't know. So, no call. Which... Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you, though. It should have been. And uh, also, mirroring you, I also have taken Lukaku out of my <laughs> oh. fantasy lineup. It might have been, you know, anger. I still have a Everton player just on ask. my... Yeah. Uh, I think it's actually Jaggy. I'll, I just like that in the back line, yeah. just because I need a cheap back uh, defender. But <laughs> I, I mean, say that... Jaggy Elka had a clearance at the end of that game to, to yeah, save it from yeah. being two nothing. So well, and that's what I mean. It seems like I mean, if you cross out the the Chelsea game, um, you know, if you look back at Everton's result, uh, results, they've been they've always been strong defensively. I mean. They, They've never had a defense that will necessarily lose you the game, right? And it's 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 always been going forward. I mean, and with the January transfer window coming up, I mean, if they can bring in one more player that can maybe just really, yeah, provide provide maybe the service to Lukaku, but maybe even provide a, a distraction um, for Lukaku where he can maybe get a bit more space and get a bit more time. <laughs> It could be a really big step forward for Everton um, because, yeah, the defense is there. It's just offense is, is struggling a bit. One of the things I thought was interesting while I was sort of going back through and reading some articles that uh, that a number of different outlets in Liverpool were putting out, um, one of them was talking about how, I guess a few seasons ago, uh, Martinez really stressed the relationship between Barkley and Lukaku. And, like, in practice, it was always the two of them doing stuff together and, and really focusing on their relationship. And when the two of them are in sync and Barkley was farther up the field, they were just a terror to deal with. And it just seems that there's this disconnect between the two of them. And I don't know if that's, you know, um, Ronald Koeman's this, the way that he's lining up or it's just a different emphasis – I think the potential is there, but we've talked about how Barkley, it feels like that potential is there. But we're always talking about the potential is there. And it's just sometimes you see flashes of it and sometimes it's not fully delivered on the field. And it might be my imagination or my, you know, like just trying to justify it. But I'm wondering how much of this is also the talk and kind of the feel that Lukaku might be unhappy and trying to leave. How much of that is affecting the play on the field? Like, how much close how close can you feel to a player if you know that he's on his way out or trying to be on his way yeah. out and like you know what i mean like i don't know if that is playing an, into it i would hope not but it, it you know especially at barkley I, I always feel like he's a little bit more emotional <laughs> than a lot of other players and his mood really doesn't affect his play a lot more than some other players out there so it's, it's very possible that could just be a, a thing where he's just he feels you know a little bit jaded towards lukaku that's a very good point. Another thing, maybe looking at their next game against United, I, 
potentially, I, I think that loss against Chelsea, you know, I, I think when we talked about it, what, two or three weeks ago, I think everyone kind of agreed, look, this is a blip. You kind of just have to forget about it and just keep moving on and keep playing. I think as easy for as it is for us to say that, it's, it could be maybe difficult as a player to kind of take that. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that was just a kind of real punch to the gut where they need something to just get a bit of wind in their sails again. And they have the opportunity to do it against United uh, next week when they're home, I believe, right? Yeah, home, home against United. Mm-hmm. So even even if United are struggling at the point, anytime you can you know get three points against United or, or put in a good performance in, against United, that'll certainly pick momentum up again. Yeah. 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 So and that's a good point. You know, beating if they were to go off and beat a team like Hull, um, it's yeah. going to give you a different sort of lift than beating a team like United, um, which we've said. You know, United are not. United are a good team, but they're definitely not an unbeatable team. Um, what they drew. I think when you say good team, you have to have a little bit more question in your voice. A good. <laughs> <laughs> well, they drew. They drew one one to West Ham this week. So you know, it's. It's a good team. Yeah. So, uh, so no, well, they, that'll definitely yeah, be good. I mean, United are 11 points off top. That's nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. Yeah. So, in this case, this loss keeps Everton at 7th, um, as Kev mentioned, with a home match against United on the horizon. Southampton moved to 10th with the win and will travel to Crystal Palace, um, a team that has lost their past six games. Oof. So, for some reason, I was thinking Southampton was higher in the table than 10th. I don't... I, yeah. Um, well, something to keep in mind also with that Manchester game is uh, uh, Man U is in 6th place and Everton is in 7th place, um, and they're only one point off each other. Yeah, so it's huge. kind of a big game as far as the uh, table as well because, you know. Yeah. yeah, we could have some swapping going on here. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. All right, let's go into uh, rapid-fire mode here. Josh, you're going to lead us off with Burnley and City. Have at it. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> City top Burnley with perhaps two of the ugliest Aguero goals of the season. If nothing else, City have proven that you don't have to be a looker to be a winner. <laughs> so chin up to all you, uh, insert Kev's major here. There's still hope for you yet. Uh, that's good. Kev. City stay in third place while Burnley fall in a place to 13th. Kev, tell us about Swansea and Crystal Palace. So, yeah, as unlikely as it sounds, this game might go down as the game of the season, certainly from a neutral perspective. Bob Bradley gets his first win as Swansea manager in the nine-goal thriller, where Swansea scored two goals in stoppage time to come from behind and win 5-4. Crystal Palace slip closer to the relegation zone as pressure builds on Alan Pardew, while Swansea go above Sunderland in the table. I feel like I want to go back and rewatch that game now. They, they, yeah. Uh, yeah, me too. They switched over to it <laughs> after the Liverpool game, and it was like, what is going on here? I watched the highlights. I'm like, I, I got it. <laughs> <this game." laughs> All right, Leicester versus Middlesbrough. Uh, it took two PKs, one in stoppage time, for Leicester to draw even 2-2 with Middlesbrough. Fantasy superstar, at least for my team this week. Again, I was going to drop him. Uh, Alvaro Negredo scored both goals for Burrow. Uh, keeping them at 15th with a tasty matchup against Hull upcoming. Josh, Hull versus West Brom. 
West Brom looked like they were going to get their third win in a row until Michael Dawson scored in the 72nd minutes of the match to even the score one to one. Neither side was able to get another one in before the whistle. Uh, even though Hall celebrated like they had won the match, they are still sitting in 18th place just in relegation, uh, while West Brom holds at ninth. Ugh. Kev, Watford versus Stoke. After not being beaten at home for nearly three months, Watford fall to Stoke thanks to an own goal from Watford's keeper, prompted by a Stoke corner. Watford had more <laughs> yellow cards than shots on target in the game. That saw Stoke climb up to 11th place in the table. There was a point where Stoke was dead last in the table earlier in the season, so it's yeah. good to see them climbing. I got Arsenal 3, Bournemouth 1. Congrats to Theo Walcott. Uh, he became a daddy for the second time, uh, the birth of his second child. Nice. Lost a bunch of sleep that night and then woke up and scored a goal for Arsenal the next day. So kudos to him. Um, Alexis Sanchez got the other two for the Gunners. But word on the street is that Inter Milan are very interested in Sanchez, which could add a wrinkle to Arsene Wenger's plans. So we'll see what happens with that. Josh, bring us home with United versus West Ham. <coughs> All right, despite a fantastic link-up between Pogba and Zlatan, the resulted, that resulted in a goal for United in the 22nd minutes, they could not find another one to win this match. What they did find was a healthy dose of embarrassment. First from Pogba's yellow card for diving, and then Marino uh, got sent to the stands for booting a water bottle. <laughs> he, he will be serving a two-game touchline ban for the offense. West Ham move up a spot to 16th while man united hold at six the health of the assaulted water bottle is still unknown <laughs> I, there's something about you know Mourinho that makes me think of like i don't want to say darth vader because i feel like that's too harsh but there's something about him that when stuff like that happens it's like yeah um yeah so that's everything that happened in the league uh let's talk i guess just a little bit fantasy um I was able to climb up the table barely by beating Zach Zaffris 45-43. to 43. That was after eating four points to transfer in both wow. Diego Costa and Firmino for Aguero and uh, Ozil. So, yeah, I almost regretted doing that again. Um, I mentioned moving Lukaku out of the lineup. I brought in Harry Kane because I think that he, Kane yeah, even though he, <laughs> he didn't score this week, he did – well, he got a goal, but he was waved off sides. Um, but he's looking like Harry Kane, and I think with their upcoming stretch, he's going to be worth having. Um, but uh, Are you confident enough to make him your captain? Oh, man, that's a very good question. Um, I think – Well, who's, who's currently your captain? Uh, that's a good question, too. Let me pull up my team, and I'll tell you. <laughs> um, I was just going to pull it up on my phone. I'm like, no, wait, I have a tab of him. I have him as my captain right now. I think them – Okay, so you're, you're, you're that confident, Kane, I'm, that he's going to be your I'm captain. I'm that confident. I think going up against Swansea this weekend, um, I think he gets one, maybe two. I thought about making Costa my captain, but the matchup against uh, City makes me just a little bit nervous because Pep mm. – Pep tends to plan pretty well for star players, so if he decides to key in on Costa, I mean, that mean that could mean that Hazard has a really big day or Pedro has a big day, but um, he's not going to let Costa beat them. So we'll see what happens there. So I, uh, since I had uh, Coutinho on my team, I have traded him out. I put in Milner, who's a lot cheaper than Coutinho was, uh, and then I also traded out Lukaku, and I end up getting uh, Aguero back. I had traded him way back when, pretty, 
pretty early on in the season, and I, I decided to bring him back onto the team. So I now have him up top at, along with Costa and Austin. Um, so who I'm going to make captain, I'm still unsure about. Probably Aguero. I feel like you kind of have to if you have Aguero. Uh, but I still have Costa and I still have Hazard. So, I mean, mm, don't you know. got a pretty good team there. Just the top. The back is crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very top-heavy team. Well, it was funny because my team this week, it, I got all the points from the players that I was like, I should really cut them. Like, Negredo got me two goals. Milner got a goal. McCauley uh, on the back line for, uh, for what, West Brom got me uh, uh, a few goals. Or got me a goal and uh, and some more points there. So, yeah, maybe I need to hold on to some of those crap guys just a little bit longer. I'm no good at this fantasy thing. I need to figure it out. <laughs> Uh, Kev, have you done anything with your team? I'm, I'm literally doing it right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a couple. So, yeah, I just, I mean, dropping Coutinho off the injury, brought in Hazard because I had a couple extra dollars in the bank. And um, on top of that, I once still had some cash. So I switched out Scott Dan from Crystal Palace and brought in Lovren because, I don't know, I, I, I think he's, over the course of the season, he's good for a couple goals off off the corners, and uh, you know, second second clean sheet in a row, getting getting something right. So uh, yeah, you feeling pretty confident about those clean sheets for uh, Liverpool? I mean, in this game, we had like seventy eight percent possession, and we're getting better at you know shutting down on set pieces. We'll see. We'll see a couple more, especially especially given our uh, schedule over the next couple games. Yeah. Out of curiosity, uh, how are you guys doing with squad value? Um, where it tells you the total of what your squad's worth. It's like on the, the side on the right. Yeah, so let me... Uh, bottom, <laughs> I don't know. My squad value... <laughs> what? So I don't know. <laughs> let me figure this out. So, so essentially what it does is it tells you like if you've traded players for you know when they were worth more than when you bought right. them. So my squad right now is at 102. So my uh, squad value is ninety eight point seven, but I have one oh, no. I have one point eight in the bank, so I'm at a hundred point okay. five. Um, gotcha. Which I'm at it was hundred point three. That's what I got. Nice, Josh. What were you? A uh, hundred and two point three is my squad yeah. value. I was I was up to one hundred two at one point, and then some of these trades that I made recently, um, I'm not doing a good <clears> job of keeping value. I really thought Coutinho was going to really tank my my score because I didn't realize he was out. Yeah. Um, until just now, so I just now traded him, so I'm sure his value plummeted yeah. since last time. Yeah, I need to get him out, like, tonight, um, as soon as yeah. we're done recording here, which we're coming up on the end. Um, I guess anything else you guys wanted to talk about here? No. That's all I got. Yeah, that's, that's all right. Do we want to talk about uh, games next week? What are we going to be talking about? Uh, let's do that off air. Um, but okay. what we will what we will talk about that we're doing next week, um, for those of you who have stuck oh, yeah. with us from the Riverhound show, is we are going to do a Riverhound show next week as well. So we're going to do a Riverhound show and a 3PL show. Um, lots of stuff going on with the Hounds. Uh, some off-season stuff <coughs> to talk about. Lots of articles out there. John Krasinski, our buddy, put out a, a great article that covered a lot of the... Uh, the stuff about priorities and where the team is spending money. And he's also been following up with the relationship with Columbus and who's still at Columbus and whether or not we may see some of those players. So great stuff from him. Go over to check that out. The Pittsburgh soccer Otherwise big thanks to everyone for listening. As always, be sure to subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Google play stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. If you leave us a rating, we'd be greatly appreciative. It helps spread the word about the show and 
bring more fun to the fans. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at 3PLPod. Email us at 3PL at BGN.FM. For more great soccer podcasts, head over to Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. It's fun as always. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. This is the 3PL Premier League podcast, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find more great football, soccer, beautiful game podcasts at bgn.fm.